everybody, and welcome inside the What You Need to Know podcast. I am Tyson Ewing, play-by-play voice of Utah women's basketball, and joined by my radio analyst, Miley Enger. This is the What You Need to Know podcast that focuses on all things University of Utah women's basketball. We'll take an in-depth look at what's going on in the program. So we've continued to roll right down the line with players as we're getting really nice in-depth conversations with these players and learning a lot about not just who they are on the floor, what goes to their minds on the floor, but also who they are as individual people. And like I seem to always say, Lynn Roberts and her staff do such a wonderful job of not just bringing in great talent, but also great people. And we're continually seeing that each and every single interview that we do. Now, Miley, I'm super excited about this one because we get to welcome in Deja Young onto the episode today. Super, super excited about Deja Young. Had such a tremendous year, was a great presence on the floor, and I love her as a person. Deja was a great addition to this Utah program, transferring from UT Martin just a season ago. She had such a tremendous impact on the court, so I'm excited to get to talk to Deja and get to know a little bit more about her as well. Now, before we start today's conversation with Deja, I do want to make mention that there has been some scheduling news that has been announced as of June 30th. And that is some pretty cool news, Miley, as the University of Utah has been invited to participate in the Bahamar Tournament in Nassau, the Bahamas, right around Thanksgiving time with some really good programs. Utah will be one of eight teams that will be playing in the Bahamas. Utah's first game will be Monday, November 21st against... Alabama, and then they'll play their second game on November 23rd against Ole Miss. Well, that should be a lot of fun for this University of Utah program. They've already played Alabama a couple of times in the last five years or so, so they get a chance to play them again. And then, as you mentioned, they will take on Ole Miss as well. A couple of teams from the SEC. Should be a lot of fun. Cannot wait for that. Now, fans can book rooms at the Grand Hyatt Baja Mar the tournament rate by visiting www.bahamarhoops.com. That's B-A-H-A-M-A-R-H-O-O-P-S.com. Tickets will go on public sale later this summer. Please make sure to do all you can to get out and support your shoots in the Bahamas. Who, I mean, come on, let's be honest. Who doesn't want to spend right before Thanksgiving in the Bahamas? What a fun week the Utes will have, though, in the Bahamas. Last year, they went to Hawaii around the same time, so it's cool that these women will get the experience to kind of travel around the world, and it's always nice when it's on a warm, toasty island. It should be wonderful. I am not complaining one bit. All right, let's go ahead and start today's interview. Welcome into the podcast, Deja Young. Deja, how are you? I'm good. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and allowing us to get to know you better and allowing Utah fans to get to to know you better as well. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, So where I want to start, Deja, you came to Utah via the transfer portal from last year. You know, immediately we could see that you were the type of player that Utah desperately needed. Somebody that was extremely versatile. They could attack the paint. They can shoot the three when asked to. They could rebound like crazy. You did everything that Utah was looking for. When you decided to come to uh, to come to Utah, what was that discussion like with uh, with Coach Rob and the staff about what you were going to be able to provide on the floor? And how do you feel that you did that this year? So when I was in the transfer portal, I was only in there for like seven days. 
honestly, because it was too much. It was too hectic. I don't know how people stay in there for like a month. That's, I don't know. I was so stressed. Um, so I talked to Utah actually on my sixth day. And they were like, they, they told me all the pieces that they had and all the things that they needed. And they really said like, you would fit this piece like perfectly. Like exactly what you said, like just go out there, play hard play aggressive, get the team going, defense, offense. Like, I know it'll come to you. I just want you to just go out there and play. And I was like, I mean, that sounds like a good time. Like, it sounds like I don't need to go here and develop more. I'm already what they need. So, like, why not go? Like, you know? So um, that was the conversation. And luckily, I'm, I was – put in a good spot in a good school where they didn't lie to me. It's exactly what I had to do when I got here. So nothing was stressful. I wasn't like thrown for a loop or anything. Exactly what they told me uh, I was here for, I got to do that. And I I feel like I did it. Um, it I was a little slow starting because coming over, uh, being a transfer, it's kind of weird because you play with one team for two years, which I did, and the system was completely different. And now I'm playing with another team. That just kind of, it took me a minute to get comfortable not with the people, because I love the people, but just like, you know, the the flow of things. And um, I feel like I wish I could have started faster, but I feel like I executed that part pretty well. Speaking of the transfer portal, I'm always curious kind of how that recruiting process happens in the transfer portal, because we hear the stories of people in high school getting recruited to go play for their college. But what's kind of the process after you put your name in that transfer portal? Are coaches reaching out to you? Did you have to reach out to some schools that you're interested in? Kind of how does that all work? Um, so in high school, um, I really only had like one offer. So like I really wasn't like talking to a lot of coaches. So when I entered the um, transfer portal, that was I put down my high school coach's name to help me like so I wouldn't get all the calls to my phone so we could kind of like weave them weave them all out um yeah my phone like as soon as I got in there like kid you not like 10 minutes later my phone's just ringing all day and it was kind of overwhelming like I was happy because I'm like okay people want me like I won't just be in the portal like forever like people actually want me but then I just came from a school, so I knew what I didn't like and I knew what I liked. So talking to all those coaches and trying to see, like, who's just talking just to be talking, who actually wants me to be there, like, would I fit into your program? Like, it was it was really stressful because, you know, I wanted to get the right school this time. Like, not saying my first school – well, it wasn't the right school because obviously I'm, I left. But, you know, like, I, I wanted to try to – get the best fit for me so it was kind of kind of nerve-wracking in that department because I was like are you just lying to me or am I actually going to be a you know a piece of the puzzle at your school on the actual floor moving to the floor now you had a stretch this year unlike one I've ever seen before and we talked about it almost every post game it felt like um, you started shooting the basketball from um, from beyond the arc. I can't remember the exact number, but it was hovering around 35, maybe 34 percent from the three point line. Uh, and then all of a sudden something started clicking. It's like you started playing against Colorado at home yeah. <laughs> and then at Colorado. Your streak went on for quite some time where it felt like you just could not miss. I'd love to kind of revisit that and just kind of get an idea and a sense of in your opinion, what was so different from the start of the year to what you were doing 
starting with Colorado throughout that seven or eight game stretch? <laughs> that was a that was a fun stretch. I will say that. Um, well, in the beginning of the year, like I said, I, I was like a little timid because you know, new team, blah blah blah. Like at my old school, honestly, I didn't even shoot threes like that. Like I mean, Coach Rob was like, "Okay, if, you sh- if you're open, shoot it." I'm like, "Okay, cool, I'll shoot it." But like, you know, I didn't have like just the confidence that I was gonna make every shot. So in the beginning, I remember Drew. We were playing Stanford, and I say this is the start of why like I started making threes. Um, Cause Rob was like, if you don't shoot it, you're coming out. And I remember I passed up a three and Drew like screamed. She's like, shoot the ball, you're coming out. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Cause I didn't want to come out, obviously. So I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna let it fly. Like, so then I just started shooting more in games. Like I wasn't making them always, but I made like a good amount of them to where people would guard me. But I, I guess during Colorado, I don't know, that was like probably like mid season. I guess I was just comfortable and I made my first three and then I made my second one and then after that like my teammates were like here here like anytime they see me on the three-point line they're like they just over there give it to her <laughs> so I just kept when it fly I wasn't thinking about anything I was just like okay my teammates got my back my teammates want me to shoot it my coaches want me to shoot it I, I'm gonna shoot it and it just kept going in and yeah I did I kind of feel like Steph Curry for a little bit I'll back you up there seven game <laughs> stretch seven games yeah. 18 of 31, which is 58% from three. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't think I've ever shot that good ever in my life. <laughs> so I don't know what happened. Like, shout out to Colorado. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you guys boost my confidence for sure. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of style of play, obviously, we just talked about you transferring, you come to Utah. Then you've also played club and AAU and high school ball. What's your ideal system? Is the system that Utah is playing, is this what you thrive in? Is this kind of what you like? Um, now, yes. At first, <laughs> when I first got here, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was it was tough. I mean, just adding the factor that I'm playing against better, better people now. Like, they're bigger, faster, stronger. So that was – I wasn't just in love with the system when I first got here because I was still trying to find myself as a player. Like, how am I going to play against the people who are really, really good? Like, this system is different, which I'm really used to now. Like, I love it now. We're just shooting. Like, we're, we're a shooting team. And I've never played on a team where we were just, like, everybody could shoot it or, like, that was the main, I like, the goal, shoot a three. Like, if you're open, shoot a three. I played on teams where it was more like dribble drive, get to the rack, you know, really like post player oriented. So coming here and like now we still give it to our post, but three point is where we're just deadly at. So like, that's just where we want to get you. So yeah, at first when I got here, I hated the system. Cause I was like, I don't know how I'm going to fit in with you guys. Cause I'm not a shooter. Like at that, at that moment, I wasn't. So um, yeah, it was different, but I like it now. Follow-up question on that. So you came from the Ohio Valley Conference, what was the biggest adjustment or biggest difference coming from that conference to the Pac-12? Okay, so in the Ohio Valley Conference, I played, I was probably like maybe the second tallest out there on the court at time. I mean, like on my team. So, I mean, we had girls who were like 6'2", 6'1", and that's like the type of people we played against too. So it really wasn't like a big height difference. I'm like 5'10", 5'11", so like eh, it, it was like a little bit taller than me but I was playing a four and sometimes I'll play a five because you know I'm, I'm a little strong so I could go down there and bang a little bit 
And I would, I would just do whatever I wanted, you know, just go in, shoot a layup on a little guard. I could probably do it on a big uh, post player, too. Just really just going out there having my way if I wanted to. And then I got here, and my point guard is taller than me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> my shooting guards, they're, like, a little bit taller than me. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Then you go down. It's, like, 6'6". Six, six, and it's like, okay, I can't be down here <laughs> I can't be down here anymore like yeah I can blow by my person but now I got like a six six girl waiting for me in the paint I'm like all right so the height difference completely off the spectrum to where it was in Ohio Valley Conference this the the skill set of course is higher like Ohio Valley you can leave some people open they probably want to make the shot if you like if you give them about five shots they'll probably make at least two here it might make four out of five or five out of five. So it was a big change. It was a big jump from skill set and height. I will say that speed. Yeah, you always got some people who are just mad quick, just fast for no reason. So I kind of like I was used to that one. But I say the height got me the most because I wasn't the biggest one out there anymore. So, Deja, I'd love to know. I have a feeling I know what this answer is going to be, but I'd love to know one highlight. From the 2022 season, what was your one highlight this year? If you could just narrow it down to one in a season that was filled with great moments. When we beat Oregon. Uh, like, that's just top tier. Like, they'd never beat Oregon ever. And then we beat them in the Pac-12 tournament. So that was, like, like just a crazy moment. Because, like, Oregon fans are really good. Like, they're always engaged. Like, they're they're in the game. And um, I don't know. That game was crazy. It was, like, Oregon fans – everywhere and of course they had our Utah people there too but you know how Oregon fans get and the game was close and we like I think we came back like we were down a little bit like during the game and then like towards the fourth quarter like we just started chipping away and like they felt like I could feel the Oregon fans like not talking as much because they were like oh snap like this could not go our way and we played without Peyton that game too so we were just out there like we ain't got nothing to lose like <laughs> we're just about to play hard we were down a big person Kelsey held it down a lot the whole tournament so I don't know we just had a lot of momentum and it was just in our favor we just we played hard I was that was like a really big time because but that was Drew's first time that's called Rob's first time Andy all that so Oregon hands down Speaking to that game, the arena was crazy because Oregon fans, they do travel. So we're in Vegas, we're in the arena, and it's like maybe 20, 30 Utah fans, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> and then the rest of the arena, Oregon fans, and even walking in the hotel, it's like green everywhere, mm-hmm. not really much red. So yeah, yeah, that game was wild. But you mentioned Peyton goes down, and that was just one of the posts that got hurt this season, Andy went down earlier in the year. How do you think your role kind of switched when the post presence kind of diminished and we were running few in numbers? How did your role change? Oh, my role completely changed, just flipped. <laughs> like I was over here and it's like, okay, you're over here now. So like, like Tyson said, like being versatile is good, but in a way it's kind of stressful. Because, like, one minute you're doing this, the next minute, okay, forget everything you just did over there. You're doing this now. And it's like, okay. Because, of course, like, as being a competitor, I want to be good at everything I do. So sometimes, like, being thrown around is a little – it's a task, but um, something I'm willing to do if it helps us win. So, like, when I first got here, I, w- I was going to be, uh, like, a guard, 
more like a big guard. Um, and I would do the post sometimes if I needed to. And when Andy went down, um, actually, she was the first person. I was the first person she called when they got the news. And she was like, I'm calling you because I'm sorry, but you're probably going to have to play my spot. And I was like, okay, that's great. Like, I'm like, I'm really sad. Like, I was so sad that she hurt herself. One, because it was her senior year. It was a bad injury. And then two, now I got to do what Andy Torres did. And she's really good. She has like a, a legacy here. So I'm like, okay, great. Now I got to try to fill the shoes of Andy. And yeah, that was, that was a little stressful in the beginning. And then when Peyton went down, it was just really me, Kelsey, and Jenna. Mind you, I'm 5'10". So I can only do so much down there. <laughs> like I can box out. I can probably like put a hand in your face and jump up. But if you want to, if you want to like bang me and take me to the goal, like you could do that because I'm small. Well, short. Let me say that. I'm not small. <laughs> I'm short. So it was just like re really me, Jenna, and Kelsey holding it down the whole time. Like if one of us got in foul trouble, it's like, okay. Well, actually, we couldn't really because then we would have no post. Like we had Izzy down there at one point. Well, there was a stretch where Jenna was out for a couple games, too. So it was really only like you and Kelsey. And if one of you guys got in foul trouble, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, that was really bad. We're like playing defense, like, like very, very straight up. Like, don't even try to swat it because if we're out, we're done. <laughs> we're done. Let's move on to a to more kind of get to know you a little bit questions. Going back to, we, you know, you were a teenager. You are playing high school basketball at Nelton High School for your head coach, Jason Smith. Shout out, Coach Smith. You know, you're playing for him. You're also playing, I'd assume, club basketball. What's some highlights that you can remember, your favorite highlight of playing high school or club ball? Okay, my favorite memory playing club ball. Uh, mind you, I didn't play in, like, any, like, EPYO teams or any big teams. So, but we would always play in, like, those brackets, like, the higher brackets. Like, they would let us in, like, okay, I don't really know you, but I guess you can come in because you won't stay in there long because, like, you know, we weren't, like, a high-ranked team. We beat this team, and for the life of me, I cannot think of their name. It was – they were based out of Texas, and they had a lot of prospects on there, like, D1 prospects, like, going to Texas and, like, West Virginia and stuff like that. And, of course, it was college coaches there. And they were watching them, not us. They were watching them to kill us, <laughs> really. And we won. And that was, like, the craziest thing because we were like, these people aren't so good. Like, you guys are hyping them up. We just beat them. You know, like, it kind of gave me, like, a moment where, like, you could hang with the big dogs if you wanted to. Like, if you actually put your mind to it, like, you could actually hang with the big dogs. So that was a fun moment for me for AAU ball. In high school ball, I have so many. I think my favorite would be, it's not even like basketball related. It would probably be like when we go somewhere for camp and we would always talk Coach Smith and again, this ice cream. Like that was like our thing, like our goal, like every time. Like he would be so annoyed with us. We were like those kids who like stretch out on purpose, you know? So I think, I think that would be my favorite memory. I have to say Coach Smith might be the, the, the first and only coach that I have seen from high school that is like so invested into his players that I, uh, that's continued to follow them. I mean, yeah. this is, I'm now, I'll be going into my seventh year next year covering this team. And in these six years that I've done, I don't think coach Smith, I don't think there's anybody like coach Jason Smith. What yeah. do you feel kind of set him apart as not just a coach, but also kind of a mentor and somebody that's, you know, that's, I mean, he was at that, 
that first round matchup against Arkansas. Mm-hmm. But what sets him apart as not just a coach, but a mentor and, and a friend, really? Well, ever since I was younger, I played, I was at Nettleton like my whole life. So he watched us um, play when I, when I was in middle school, like fourth grade, and he knew I was going to come play with, for him. So like, I'm in the sixth grade and I just got done playing the game and we beat the mess out of him. Mind you, like, I think I didn't lose not one time until I got to junior high, I think. And then when I got to junior high, I played up with high school. So like my whole middle school, elementary, I never lost a game. We never lost. So, like, we would win every time, but he will always come up to me afterwards and, like, critique me. And I'm like, man, did you just see what we just did? Like, how are you not happy you just couldn't see my 40? Like, he would always, like, yeah, that was good, but and I'm like, I didn't like him when I was younger. I'm not going to lie. Like, anytime he, he came towards me, I would, like, go the other way. Because <laughs> I'm like, I have, like, I don't have time for this man. He actually scared me a lot when I was younger, but, um. I think it's because he just knew that the player that I could be. So he just tried to, he was around me at a young age. So then I played for him and playing for him, I could actually like be myself. Like I could talk to him just like I talked to like my mom. Like he didn't try to censor me in any way. Like I, of course he would, like I couldn't say certain things. Like I couldn't just be bad, but I could be Deja. And he wouldn't like think anything of it. And we argued so many times, like, during the games. We'll just have, like, a full argument right there and just be like, okay, whatever, and then just go play. Like, he's serious. I'm the reason why he had, like, Tylenol extra strength in his cabinet. And I'm like, I'm not the reason why. I don't know. We've just been, like, an open book. And he's a very blunt person. I'm a very blunt person. So I, like, appreciated that when I got – I won't say I appreciated that. When I was younger, I didn't. I thought he was just mean. But then I got older and I was like, okay, like you just want the best for me in that sense. And like he would always, you know, just make sure I was okay, like outside of basketball a lot. And that uh, meant a lot to me. So after I left high school, he wrote a little note on the back of my senior picture and was like, um, this is like not the end, just the beginning. Like I'm, I'll, I'll always be here for you if you need me, blah, blah, blah. And he actually kept the word on that. So, yeah, because he made a lot of – he made – I think he made two games that were, like, pretty far away. He made the Oklahoma game, too. And he just asked for um, when my senior night is yesterday, actually. So, he'll be there for that, too. <laughs> okay, I do I do have to say, his Twitter profile says, quote, a mildly intense basketball coach. Assess that for us. Mildly intense. Mildly intense. Honestly, he has changed over the years. I'm really mad at him because when I was there, he used to break clipboards and like kick chairs and yell like loud until he was like red in the face. And he has like this little vein in his forehead. Now he's pretty chill. I would say mildly intense. I would say, I feel like that means like bipolar. (laughs) Bipolar. Because like one minute he's fine and then he's like, and I'm like, yo, (laughs) chill. Like Like he could be both. I say he's more intense. He was more intense when I was there. Now he's pretty mild. He's soft. I told him that. Like, you're gone, you've gone soft. Moving kind of away from the basketball side, Tyson always asks this question, so I'm going to steal it from him. But <laughs> if we were to come to your hometown in Jonesboro, Arkansas, where are some places that you would want to take us if you were our tour guide? Oh, man. If I was to take you guys somewhere. Oh, my favorite ice cream spot. I love ice cream. Like I eat ice cream like once a day, every day. It's a thing. Like I have to eat ice cream or I have withdrawals. I'm, I'm convinced. Um, it's this place called Andy's. 
it's like a custard place and I go there all the time when I was back at home my grandma took me there like uh, 10 times because you know there's not one here um so I'll take you to the ice cream place believe it or not I really didn't do much besides just hang out with my friends a lot we would go to the you guys like skating like the skating rink I would go there when I was younger my knees are too bad now so we can't go there just kidding <laughs> we could go to this place called uh hijinks it's like the laser tag and bowling and um they got like little like little things you can walk like little like you know they put you in a vest and like you walk across like little beams and stuff I would take you guys there and ice cream for sure and skating if we were younger and had good knees <laughs> <laughs> there's your hometown Jonesboro Arkansas Tell us about your family, Deja, about your parents. Give me uh, your parents' names. Do you have any siblings? I mean, what do you guys like to do for fun? Okay, so I have one sister on my mom's side. She's 10 years older than me. Her name's Camila. And then my mom, so it's just me, my sister, my mom. My mom's name, her name is Janice. Let's see. My grandma, love my grandma. We call her mama, though. She doesn't like to be called grandma. So mama, uh, my cousin, Jamie. And my aunt, her name is Sharia. I could not say that when I was younger. So we just call her TT. <laughs> Those are all the people that are in Arkansas with me well, when I was there. And then um, I had my dad. My dad passed in uh, 2019, my senior year. But I, my sister's dad has always been with me um, since I was young. So I count him as my dad, too. Um, his name is Richard. He was at a game he actually flew out here one time and stayed and he uh watched the game so he's yeah a big father figure and then I have two other brothers on my dad's side and I have a younger brother and a younger sister but I'm more close to my two older brothers which one is named Michael and the other one is named Sean so that's my family I really I really don't have like a really big big family so yeah, I just enjoy the little moments we have when we're not arguing. That's a perk of having a small family. You you argue a lot and everybody knows everything because it's like five of you. <laughs> like I have a lot of cousins and stuff, but yeah, that's just my little family right there. Living in Arkansas, you come out to Salt Lake City. What are some of the biggest differences or similarities between the two? <laughs> it's completely different. There's nothing the same. I can't give you one thing that's the same besides like there's a road and there's cars um, like everything is different um so I thought I'd seen a mountain before no like our mountains are like little baby speed bumps here um that was a big thing like when I first got here like for two days I could not stop looking at the mountains like I'm driving I'm like okay like pay attention to the road um it's just it's 10 times bigger like I have to drive 20 minutes just to go to anywhere so that's kind of annoying but it's it's okay this the sunsets just the environment here is just like 10 times more beautiful I'm sorry Arkansas but we're, we're nothing but grass and cornfields and yeah so <laughs> that Utah is just more beautiful sad to say there's more things to do because it's like a city um like downtown and all that like we have a downtown in Arkansas but it's like a, like one strip and then like that's it so, yeah, there's no similarities, but I will say Utah, Utah won the everything category. <laughs> All right. So what do you like to do for fun here? Is there anywhere you like to go 
Was it a, uh, whether it be a restaurant, whether it be somewhere to go hang out? What do you like to do in Salt Lake? Um, okay, so when I first got here, I was very sheltered. I did not want to go out. But now, uh, like as the season went on, I love to get sushi. I go out to get sushi with my friends all the time. And then we'll go to Dave and Buster's because they close at like 12 or 2 o'clock in the morning. One of them. So like we'll just be sitting here and like, let's go to Dave and Buster's. And like I will go there all the time and just play games. I always go on hikes and stuff with Kim. She didn't take me on any big hikes because I'm very lazy. So I really love her for that. I try to be outdoorsy. I'm not really outdoorsy, but I just like to do stuff like outside here and there when it's not too hot. It gets so hot here. So, yeah. So I would say David Buster's sushi and occasionally I'm a little adventurous. I might go on a hike or something. I'd love to know what's something that not a lot of people would know about Deja Young. Um, I'm a very shy person. Yeah. A lot of people don't they don't think that like I get told a lot like you like you're very confident like you're always like you're good at talking and all that but I am petrified to talk to new people like or just be in like new environments yeah I'm I'm shy I'm kind of like reserved but I will you know step out of my comfort zone but I'd rather not sometimes um I love animals I wanted to be a vet and like as a kid I still now like I want to own like four dogs and like three cats and some birds maybe I don't know like I just love animals so so I played I played it in college too and so I had teammates come all the time to practice with new hairstyles and I yeah. always thought it was the coolest thing so do you have like a favorite hairstyle that you that you do because we were a big fan of the braids or like the heart braids that you did on the, the side. yeah so is there like a favorite hairstyle that you do my favorite hairstyle would probably be the braids just because like I can wake up and my hair's already done you know like you just like you don't have to do anything to it it's like low maintenance I just wake up and go like I'm already cute like who doesn't want that like so yeah so I would say braids even though they take forever to get like I'm, I'm sitting in a chair for like 11 hours but it's worth it every time I go come, I'll come back from getting my hair done or my teammates know because I like I change my hairstyle like once a month and so they're like, okay, what's the next hairstyle? And they try to guess it. And I love it. It's, it's honestly awesome. But I would say braids, hands down. The question I always end on, because I do feel it's, it's a really important question and one that can definitely go a long way. If you were to give some advice to a young woman who wanted to follow your footsteps and become a Division I athlete, whatever sport that might be, what's some advice that you would give to them on what they have to do to be able to make it? Um, what I would tell them would be that your journey is not going to be the same as mine, as mine was not the same as anybody else's who played at this high level. Um, you have to ask yourself and be honest with yourself on like everything, like what do I need to get better at? What am I struggling at? How can I, um, always ask questions on how you can improve and don't worry about what other people are doing. Um, ever because like the more worried you are over there and you're comparing yourself you're not focused on the things that you have and how you can use those to get you somewhere that you want to be if you really want it you got to be dedicated you got to like cut out all distractions which is really hard at a young age because you know you're a kid like you want to go have fun but sometimes you have to make sacrifices to have a successful life so I would say 
put give it your all in everything you do also like whether that be I have to do that myself still whether that be like running or school or playing basketball or I don't know just just anything like in all aspects of life because you know the like everything is bigger than basketball so that and I would say to try to have fun and not be so hard on yourself because there's no way that you'll be able to like be great in something that you hate doing so I think that's I think that's what I would say (laughs) I love that Deja that's awesome thank you so much not just you know for that advice as well, but also for, you know, spending some time with us today and allowing not just Miley and myself to get to know you a little bit better, but also Utah fans to get to know you a little bit better as well on a a more personal level. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. And that was Deja Young. I loved that interview. Deja is such a fun personality and I feel like I got to know her even better just by that little 30 minute conversation. I love every single time that we've interviewed a player. Every single one of them has said that their highlight of the season has been that Oregon game. And they all say it for the same reason. They wanted to win that game for Coach Rob and her staff, and they wanted to win that game for Drew as well. Utah had beaten Oregon the entire time since they had been in the Pac-12, so getting that win was so huge for Utah. I just love that the reasoning for that being the highlight of the season is the same for everyone. You know, and the one thing that I'm really impressed with about Deja specifically is just her presence on the floor. You know that whenever she's on the floor, you're going to get production out of her. There may be a stretch here and there where she might not be shooting as well as she'd want to, but the one thing you'll get out of her is constant, constant go. She's a uh, She has a terrific motor on her, and you know you're going to get 100% from her every time she steps on the floor. And we've uh, we saw that each game this year. Her hustle, her focus... Her mentality is second to none, and Utah is so fortunate to have a player like Deja Young on their roster. Her coming to Utah has been such a terrific lift to this program, and I know full well. We could talk about all day long all the players that had impacts. Deja Young was a truly large impact on the success that Utah had this year, and I am so excited to see this upcoming season, what she can do even further uh, on the floor. And, you know, talking about the personal things with with Deja, <laughs> I loved her response when we talked about, when or when you asked her about the similarities and differences between Jonesboro, Arkansas, and Salt Lake City. She was completely honest. You know, she simply said, that, you know what? Uh, it, there's nothing that's similar um, from 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 Salt Lake to Jonesboro, and I always love it when a player comes to Salt Lake City and finds its true beauty and truly loves Salt Lake City for what it is. One of the games that stick out to me this past season was in preseason when I was covering the team as a media writer. Utah played Cincinnati and they won 78 to 45, so it wasn't the greatest game or competition. But Deja in this game, although she only had two points from the foul line and then shot 0 of 4 from the field, she pulled in 12 rebounds. And I believe like eight or nine of those happened in the first quarter. So when we talked to her after the game, the media kind of asked her what her role is for the team or how important it was for her to get those rebounds. And she just said, she is willing to do whatever the team needs of her. So during the Cincinnati game, it wasn't that she needed to be a scorer. It was that she needed to get on the boards because that's what our team needed. So you saw as the season went on, 
that the team needed Deja to fill in in different roles, whether that be a scorer in certain games or to be that defensive player, just to be that energy. Deja constantly did whatever the team asked of her. And I loved how we talked about her versatility. How she how she kind of circled back to that when when she was asked about certain things that she does on the floor well. She talked about her versatility and about how, especially when those injuries came, that she had to step in and she had to fill in the roles of Andy, had to fill in the role once Peyton went down. Because she's so versatile, she was able to fill those roles nicely and still have such a great impact. I think one of the factors of the true beauty that we are hearing from a lot of the players are the mountains. And even when I traveled playing college ball, being from Utah, and then we would come and play Weber, the same things would be said from my teammates, the mountains or even the snow or something. So it's just interesting to hear what players' favorite things are about Utah coming from their home state because Utah is really unlike any other place. I tell you what, that was so much fun. I loved sitting down with Deja. And, you know, like I said, to start this, getting to know her even better. I feel like so frequently during the season, we sit down with her, but it was always to talk about basketball. I talked with her a little bit when we were in Hawaii, but again, it was after she went down with an injury against Eastern Tennessee and just seeing how she was doing. But that was really about it. Didn't have much of an opportunity to kind of get to know them on a personal level. And so, you know, these interviews allow us to have that privilege of doing so and learning about who Deja was. Man, tell you what, that was that was so much fun. And, uh, you know, Deja, again, I've said this and I'm a broken record, but Coach Rob and her staff do such a tremendous job of finding just quality people um, to bring to the program. And Deja fits that billing perfectly. So that will wrap up today's episode. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Next week, we'll have yet another player come on and we'll get to know them even better as well. Who that player will be. It's kind of a rotating schedule right now. We'll come up with that person, and you'll be able to hear from them next week. But one thing you can guarantee is it will be a player for the University of Utah. A quick reminder that each and every single Monday morning, we'll try to get an episode out to you, so please make sure to tune in each and every single episode. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Thank you to Deja Young for spending some time with us. For Miley Unger, I am Tyson Ewing. This is the What You Need to Know podcast.